0: They're coming to get you, Barbara. What's lost my ass for you guys,
1: and what do I get? You spooky. Fuck you, man. Fuck you all. We've been punished by the creator.
2: When there's no more
0: room in hell, the dead will walk. up everybody this is zombie apocalypse and this week we are discussing the 1989 film that was shot on super 8 the dead next door directed produced written by J.R. bookwalter the plot is as such in the near future the world falls victim to a plague of violent carnivorous undead humans and a black ops elite team of soldiers nicknamed the zombie squad has been enlisted by the government as exterminators to control the growing epidemic. On a series of routine containment missions, the soldiers stumble upon a mysterious religious cult which wishes to protect and enable the zombies, believing them to be a punishment ordained by God. Within their compound, may be a cure to the virus causing the plague. I
2: am joined today by the professor. Hello. Professor Plunk. Good evening. Salutations. Possessed lamp. How's it go? And maniac mondo. Daddy. And that, everybody, is the intro. Next, we're going to discuss
0: how we were introduced to the movie and our initial thoughts. So. This movie was brought to the podcast by Mondo. So, Mondo, you want to take it away and kind of lead this segment? Very
3: simply, my my buddy at work, who likes these kind of trash movies, told me I needed to watch this like two years ago. And it was on Tubi, and I I didn't want to watch it on Tubi. I wanted to get the Blu-ray. So, I finally, I waited, I waited. It went on sale on Makeflix. I bought it straight from JR himself. And... Immediately watched it when I got it and fell in love with it, and I wanted you guys to watch it because I loved it so much.
1: You're brave, blind buy. Oh, I'm a huge blind buyer. Uh, we that's that's what we do here.
0: Well, in I mean,
3: podcast. It's a like a shot on super eight fucking movie. It's a, it's a good blind buy. <laughs>
0: yeah, curbing um, your expectations on blind buy is uh kind of what you should do, but. um so Mondo, you you've been you've been preaching this movie to me since you watched it. Uh, I had not seen it prior to watching it for this podcast. And um, I actually like obviously this this is in my wheelhouse. I was going to like it no matter what. But I was I don't want to say surprised at how much I did enjoy it. But having uh, filmed a home video style motion picture ourselves. um can always relate when you see stuff like this it's always fun to watch watch like the shot on video stuff and thought this was not only fun but actually really well done at times uh the the effects that they had for for being you know
2: so so bare bones was was impressive
3: I mean, you got heads coming off with blood spurting out. You got fingers bitten off, and then the finger coming through the severed head that bit it. Like, there's some. That's my favorite gore.
0: That was my favorite gore spot. I was I was gonna talk during
3: during the gore. Okay, we could talk about that later in more depth. But the just the um the care and attention to detail in the zombie makeup and the gore for a movie like this it's actually pretty convincing and really really impressive.
1: Yeah, for the for the budget, especially.
3: We'll get into it later in the gore section, but there is a scene that almost rivals the Day of the Dead pulling out the organ scene. But We'll talk about that. And I was and if you consider if you consider the means they had, it's almost more impressive than what Romero did in his movie.
1: Well, on that note, uh, one thing that's easily picked up upon whenever you watch this movie is that it is one big love letter to the zombie movies and horror movies that came before it. So homages are par for the course here. Are you saying that
3: the main character's name is Raimi? Well,
1: well, if you want to talk about that, you got characters named Raimi, Carpenter, you got uh, someone named Romero. You got someone named King. Savini. There's a Dr. Savini in there. Yeah, Dr. Savini. So um, I just want to call this out real quick. Bleeding Skull actually has this movie on their list of top 50 best trash horror movies of the 1980s. And they had this to say. They said, anonymously produced by Sam Raimi under the name The Master Cylinder, and crafted with love by gore prodigy J.R. Bookwalter, this is the greatest zombie chunk blower to ever be lensed with a Super 8 camera in Akron, Ohio. That's not specific. (laughs) Watching this movie is like eating 14 bowls of Lucky Charms that were doused with Pepsi instead of milk. And then staying up for three days while daydreaming about being a member of a mercenary team called the Zombie Squad. And you thought that Akron was only good
2: for birthing Devo.
3: So obviously the critics love this film, right?
2: Oh, you know they did.
3: To me, that's a glowing review right there.
1: Well, that one's a little bit biased coming
2: from Bleeding Skull, so. Take a closer look.
3: Mortis, didn't you have something you wanted to say about Rotten Tomatoes and critics? This, this was a perfect gonna,
0: time. That's what I was going to say here. If you take a closer look at the Rotten Tomatoes score on this movie, it is a 48%. But, um, I. Rotten Tomatoes is the scourge of a film review. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes can suck a fat, undead cock, as far as I'm concerned. And, um, uh, If you really, and I thought about calling these motherfuckers out by name. I really did think about that, but I don't, I'm not going to give any of these, these bitches the clout for the time of day to be on my fucking podcast.
3: (laughs) Calling (laughs) them out by name.
0: I thought about it. AJ, you know who you are, AJ, who talks shit on this movie. Fuck you.
3: Was this a user review or a professional critic review that you're calling out here? (laughs) It's a
0: user.
2: <laughs> Some fucking <guy>.
0: Oh shit. <laughs> Alex R, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Dead next door is a poorly constructed constructed low budget zombie film that just doesn't work. Shot on super eight millimeter film. The film right from the start has an amateur feel to it. Oh you fucking think? What did you expect <laughs> watching on, on a super eight? 8- Shot on video film, you fucking dummy. <laughs> one star. Shove that one star up your fucking ass.
3: The, this, like, truly independent, like, like DIY zombie movie has made it home feel. Well, well I, I was expecting it to have the production value of The Avengers, but I was still let down.
1: Personally, I'm just...
3: Uh,
1: a little disappointed because it wasn't nearly as good as Maggie, you know,
3: (laughs) it wasn't shot nearly as well, I guess.
0: You know, with all the voiceover work in here, it would have been awesome if Arnold Schwarzenegger did have a voice at some point, (laughs) but you can definitely see how, um, Sam Raimi had his hands on this because the, the Film's redubbed and has two characters voiced by Bruce Campbell, mm. and that's that's entertaining. But uh, as Mortis, well, I am Mortis. <laughs> <laughs> as <laughs> Mortis, I'm, I'm playing. You.
1: <laughs> you talking about yourself again?
0: I often dip into the first and third persons. It's just a,
2: uh, it's a side effect of my schizophrenia. It's a quirk. But uh, Mondo said that on the Blu-ray, you can in fact watch it with the
0: original dubs, and I did not get a chance to put my my DVD in. I watched this on Tubi, and I got to say I was thrilled with the amount of ads that I didn't have. Um, was not able to put my DVD in it, but it's it's an old DVD, and when I was looking at the back of it, it did not list any of the voice the voiceover work at all. So. I'm I'm under the impression that the DVD that I have has the original dub, so I'm actually maybe even after this podcast is over, I'm going to watch it with the original voice acting.
3: I would check the uh, audio options on that because on mine it was in the it was in this audio setup section where it was a different checkbox altogether. Like you know, it was, and then you would check it, and then you could pick which version of the movie you wanted to watch. If you wanted to watch the four three version or the widescreen, that sounds
0: that sounds like a really updated blu-ray feature that an old shitty release on dvd isn't gonna have
1: let me ask you this mondo uh whenever i was going to watch this i noticed that the original cut was like five minutes longer I, i watched the dubbed version uh what's the difference what is in those five minutes that were cut for the dubbed version do you know
3: um i'm not i'm not really sure there's much of anything different because when I, I watched them both i didn't i didn't notice any extra gore scenes or any extra scenes it might have just been a, a matter of the credits being different mm. as far as i could tell but either way you go with this i think the dub is entertaining like obviously bruce campbell is entertaining and he and he puts in a pretty funny goofy performance in this but the original actors aren't bad either like i i i didn't Completely, I didn't watch listen to the commentary to figure out like why exactly they dubbed it over. I'm I'm guessing it was to put some name value into it to sell it on home video. But I think either way you watch this, it's it's just as good with and without the dub. Well, I don't
1: I don't know that much about the movie, but if I understand it correctly, like Bruce Campbell was uncredited for it, so I'm not sure if that necessarily would have been their reasoning
3: maybe the audio quality they didn't think was good enough. Because the definitely the the dubbed the dubbed acting, the dubbed audio is a little bit like clearer than the original. So maybe that was it. Hmm. But I don't know. Maybe what? they were trying to sell it to genre fans too. Either way.
2: <laughs> One but thing I
1: think is really cool with this though is that I th- I think that you have to give Sam Raimi you know some big cred here because he used his pay from Evil Dead 2 to finance this and I think it's also cool that you know he kind of produced it anonymously so that they could make a name for themselves as opposed to just hey I'm Sam Raimi I made Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 come check out this movie
0: And you know you brought that uh, you brought that up that he used his his uh, some of his money from Evil Dead Two, and I'm seeing conflicting reports as to just how much this movie actually cost. On Wiki, it is listed at eighty five thousand, but the estimate on IMDb is one hundred and twenty five.
2: On IMDb,
1: that I am just guessing here, but I would think that that. Also takes into account the 2005, uh, whenever they redid it, not redid it, but whenever they, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Restored it? Yeah. Yeah. Because whenever I uh, looked up this movie initially, I was like super confused because it was saying it was from 2005 and I'm like, I don't want to watch no 2005 version, but that was actually the same movie in 2005, Anchor Bay released a version with, I don't know if they changed anything or not. But anyway, that's that's my guess as to the discrepancy on the budget, because a lot of times with IMDB, they will take into account if, uh, a prime example here, uh, Titanic in 2012 was redone in 3D. So if you look up the budget in some places it will take into account what it took to remaster that in 3D, as well as when they originally filmed it, what the budget was. So,
0: all right, I got you. Uh, that's interesting to know. Um, so regardless, it's like $85,000 of a payday from Evil Dead 2, which,
2: um, that's a pretty big chunk of change to invest in a shot on video movie.
3: That's why you got to appreciate the love that went into this movie, like the, yeah. the the amount of extras they have and people they talked into like being zombies in this is kind of incredible. Like in a lot of zombie movies, especially low budget ones, you'll get really small enclosed spaces and a couple zombies. This one starts off with just zombies everywhere, and it never it kind of never lets up. Like they do have in, inside scenes, but you'll just have a random scene in a field with a guy getting chased by like five hundred zombies it's like holy shit how did they get all these people to come together and do this what the, I, it's probably because they shot it in ohio and there's really nothing to do in ohio
2: i can i can speak
0: from experience having
2: acted in a low budget independent zombie film in a town
0: similar to akron ohio uh in indiana pennsylvania uh we didn't have we didn't have nearly as many uh, zombies. And this guy hired people who came from uh, other states. This guy had um, pro wrestlers who work the independents in the area. Um,
2: I played several different zombies myself, so um, it's definitely a uh, a
3: testament that they had so much. There's a scene with a with a flyover in the beginning with uh, the ac- Akron on like grass painted on grass and it has all these zombies everywhere. Like that w- that was quite a shot to see in a movie like this. Mm. Yeah, I, w- I was just overall Im- impressed with the amount of <clears throat> people they had.
2: Yeah. And um, it, when you
0: start when you start looking at it from that perspective, you also have to take into account uh the effects and and the gore um
2: that that exists on 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 film here um it's probably of the this is
0: our fourth film of the four movies that we've discussed so far this this movie's gore is probably the most impressive um of course undead had a lot of fun gore when we talked about that but that's that's a modern that's that's a contemporary film with with special effects and and computer effects. Yeah, they had this a couple is, of
3: bad CGI shots in that movie that kind of make this yeah. more impressive that they didn't have that option.
0: Well, that movie's also at this point dated by 10 years, but when when you take a, into account it is. As soon as Lamp's done pissing with his Sunday garbage, when you take into account,
2: this is my Sunday garbage. <laughs> <laughs> this is
3: what the what the super eight eight a bag eighties. in the microphone for you fucking clown. I,
2: I didn't know it was that loud.
3: You have a fucking professional microphone in front of your face. You think it's not going to pick that up? You fucking <laughs> The dipshit next door right here on the fucking (laughs) zombie pod (laughs) clip. Goof.
0: When you look at everything, from 1989 on Super 8, this is probably the best movie that we've done in in four weeks of podcasting. And I think we'll, we'll
2: have to be the... the... I don't know, standard bearer moving forward.
0: Not to take anything away from Zombie, but as we said about the Italian movies, that's pretty standard over there. So
3: I'm thrilled right now that you think that this was better than Zombie. I, I love this perspective.
0: I'm not saying better than Zombie per se, but I'm saying I enjoyed this, the effects and the effort put into this movie. I feel like the fact that this movie was made at around the same
2: you know, the same decade, um, this movie had less resources, despite the fact that you have funds coming from Sam Raimi. But
0: let's let's not pretend that Sam Raimi is Steven Spielberg either. In the nineteen eighties, as far as uh, what he can do for a first-time filmmaker shooting on Super Eight, either um, the the effects, I think are a testament to what you can do on a shoestring if you care enough to do it. And I think that, um, it's just that much more impressive because outside of the initial grenade blast that happens at the beginning of the film, which honestly tickled me, uh, I, I liked it a lot. It amused me greatly. Everything that comes after that, like flash of a, uh, of an of an explosion that they use, it's just like this fire that comes out of nowhere that looks cartoonish as hell. Like it's a like it honestly looked like a Nintendo graphic. But everything after that is is really well done. And you could tell like a lot maybe a lot of the budget went to went to the effects and whatnot. But um it's definitely an achievement that that has to be recognized moving forward. This, so when comparing it to zombie, okay, zombies effects were great, zombie storytelling is great. Uh, but you know who J.R. Bookwalter isn't Lucio Fulci, you know,
3: like this guy, exactly. He's some guy in Ohio, right? Doing this out of not out of being having like we need you to make this movie to rip off Dawn of the Dead. It's like, no, we're making this movie because we love zombie movies. So I understand, like. I'm with you on, on this. I, I do think that this is the new standard barrier just because of, I, you watch, you see the, you see the love on the screen. And I think that puts it over for me as well. Just like somebody and, trying so hard to make a zombie movie. And the, and I do feel bad
0: for the actors that they were dubbed. I, I haven't gotten to watch that version yet. It, um, I do give credit here because as far as dubbed movies go, this is probably the the best dub I've ever seen too. Uh, As far as the voices at least matching what the mouth is doing. There's even some American productions that can't accomplish that. So uh, you got to give credit to the post-production and the editing for the dub as well. And it's, it's weird seeing Bruce Campbell's voice coming out of some other dude's face, but it it doesn't intrude on the movie either at all. You're, you're used to it pretty immediately.
1: I, I have a confession to make. The whole movie, um, I, I knew that Campbell had done some dubbing in the whole movie. I'm like, okay, I got to listen for his voice. Where's his voice? And I never recognized it—not once. Really, really. That's
0: that's amazing to me.
1: It's not hammy or anything. Like I can—I honestly am
0: not super surprised by that. Okay, there's one line.
3: There's one line when he's like, "Here's looking at you, kid," and he shoots him in the back with a shotgun. That was (laughs) totally like fucking ash. But that was about it.
1: See, like, I think of him dubbing, and all I can think of is. (laughs) Workshed. <laughs> so
0: yeah, yeah. But also, he did multiple characters too. So you could have heard it and just didn't recognize it at all because he sounded
2: similar to somebody else too.
1: That's exactly it.
2: Which is a, which is a, a weird, like it's a weird
0: uh, process to me. Is having him voice two characters. I don't see how. What's the significance of of these characters that they you just use in place?
3: I don't know what the creative decision was behind that. <laughs> that's that's something I'd like to ask about. <laughs> or, well, I am sure it's in the commentary somewhere.
0: Some, uh, yeah, uh, even the the bare bones 2005 edition of the DVD that I have has it has a an audio commentary track with with book Walter and actor, co-producer, Michael Todd, and also uh, the cinematographer. So I'm sure there's some, there's some secrets yet to be unlocked in that. But um, one of the cool things that I thought um, that we could talk about here is we were planning to discuss this movie. This was going to be a thing. I'm glad we did it in the first four weeks, but at the same time, it was going to happen regardless, no matter what. Um, you you post a lot more than I do, but we're active on the Blu-ray forums, and you actually have interacted with with uh, with Book Walter himself, actually. And do you want to just take a minute and elaborate on that and kind of share your discussion?
3: Well, I. I bought this movie and I did not know which cut to watch. So I messaged him on there and he's pretty active. He prefers the original mix, like the non dubbed version, but he said (laughs) to watch the dubbed version first, because that's like the Canon version that like everybody's seen. So I'm curious of, of, um, he's, he was like impressed. He's still impressed with the performances he got out of those actors. So
2: so when you first. told me that when you told me that I made it
0: my mission to watch to watch the dubbed version first. So I'm really hoping my DVD actually isn't dubbed.
3: But you were going to make another point. Um well, on on the Blu-ray that I have there's it's two discs. It's a Blu-ray and a DVD. There are so many commentaries on here. There's a 2005 commentary, there's a 2001 foreign audio commentary, there's a 2015 commentary. That's just on the DVD and then the the Blu-ray has uh an, a new audio commentary. So I'm just I'm just curious to to know what this guy's thought about these movies over the years. Cause it seems like he can't do enough talking about this movie.
0: There's a feature out on my D V D called um twenty years and fifteen minutes that I'm sure has a lot of stuff too. But um, as always I I think big and we might not always accomplish that because I always have uh, very grand ideas but Uh, I'm going to put it out here right now on the podcast that we're fans of this movie. Uh, We liked it a lot. Um, I do, in fact, have a Patreon for this podcast, and uh, we're going to be reaching out to this guy and try to get him on on the show at some point for some discussion about this movie. And uh, by that point, hopefully, we'll have watched both dubs, we'll seen some of the special features and whatnot. But I'm putting it right here, right now on this episode that we are reaching out to him and hopefully we're going to hear back because he does seem to like to interact and and discuss as much as he can about this movie. So that's something that people, if you are fans of this show, um, just keep your eye out because I'm going to make it happen. If I have to stand outside of his house, like a Trump supporter in Washington.
3: Well, he's very receptive to fans. So I I don't have any doubt that we can uh, have a conversation with him about the movie if any anybody listening to this um you you can reach us on we have like facebook groups do we have a twitter set up yet i don't think we have a twitter set up yet we have we a twitter have
0: zombie. zombie we uh, that's Wait, by the time we'll shamelessly plug right now that's that's my outro but uh Clips for twitter uh Clips on facebook Clips, what and roger mortis on patreon um these, these, are, these are areas that you guys go take a look. Uh, they're not super active yet because we're in the technically pre-production phases right now, aka I'm in Facebook jail.
3: Okay, well, this is the fourth episode Again. of this podcast. So By the time this goes up, we'll be in full swing. So Reach out on the social media platforms with your questions for JR and we'll see what we can do about doing the ultimate interview about this movie, the fan interview. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe we're, we're, we're making promises we can't keep, but it's by the t- <laughs> who knows? You know, By the time we get to this episode, it's, it's possible that we will have already reached out to him. So look,
0: it's this simple. When I came up with this podcast, the first thing that I thought of was, I'm going to have Tom Savini on this show. Four weeks in, I don't give a shit about having Tom Savini on this show.
2: I want Book Walter on this show, and it's going to happen. that being said some of the things that i would i would definitely discuss with him is the gore
0: and um last week we had zombie reach new heights in the gore rating that i do on this show and honestly the question was if that isn't a 10 out of 10 then what is a 10 out of 10 Now I'm here to tell you right now that 10 out of 10 has been achieved.
1: Well, that didn't take long. So on the pie chart,
0: this is already the whole pie. (laughs) It's the whole pie. And it's exactly like I mentioned earlier, because you accomplish so much with so little. And I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys what your favorite gore scenes were, but I have a couple that, uh, I wanted to bring up that, um, I really enjoyed and mine happens pretty much at the beginning of the movie with the beheaded zombie that bites the fingers off, and then you're you're seeing him actually swallow the finger, and the finger comes out of the like the bottom of the neck and just kind of is digested through the what's left of this zombie's esophagus. And at that moment, I was like, This is it. This movie has already shown me what i needed to see everything that happens after this is just going to be cake because this is awesome
3: well let's add though they they also cut back to to that zombie with um his body with his the blood squirting out of where his head was his neck hole so that just adds to that scene as well that that was that really set the standard for the rest of the movie and i think they they continue to deliver i liked the um well, I already mentioned the uh Molson getting torn apart by the zombies with them ripping him apart, ripping his leg off. And Yeah. I think that's almost as good as Day of the Dead. Especially if you take into consideration the the budget they had. It's damn impressive. But mm. another another gore scene, maybe I'm maybe I'm hogging the gore scenes here, but this is this one you may not think about as a standout, but the zombie with the voice box, I thought that was very impressive to see like Yeah. Like, it looked like there's a voice box in this fucking zombie's neck. Like, I was really curious how they did this, that effect.
2: For sure. What about, what about I, Plump and Lamp? Favorite gore?
1: <clears throat> well, I got a, a <laughs> you stole mine. It was def, the most memorable one for me was the beheaded zombie that bit the fingers off. But since I can't pick that one no that's the one i'm picking i don't i don't care
0: um that's because i mean i watched 10 minutes of the movie and fell asleep
3: (laughs) i have it on my little video screen
2: (laughs) i thought that uh,
1: i was really impressed with the animatronic zombies like there's that one scene uh I think it's right I think it's right after the screen title that says you know, a couple years later and the car is driving down the street and it passes by a zombie the zombie turns around and it's jaw is missing I think and I was like wow for such a low budget just the fact that they were able to build these really decent animatronic zombies was really good i know that's not really a gore scene but that's no, the that, one that that
2: all, stuck that out all to me
0: gore effects it doesn't matter um
3: i i have one more that i forgot to it. mention the the um the dude melting with the orange shit flying out of his head that yeah is fucking, i thought that was awesome i was like man, that's fucking crazy that they were able to do that. Like, the smoke's coming off of them, and it's yeah, falling that, off. Yeah, that was, I was impressive, like, oh,
0: but also, let's not, you're talking about uh, the leg being broken and ripped off, and how cool that is, but that that is cool, but also, let's not take away from the fact that in that exact scene, that very same sequence, you're seeing zombies reach into his face and just with ease get just pull his cheeks apart and when his tongue is ripped out, that whole scene is just incredibly gory and impressive and just look like one take like they're reaching into a fucking jello or something and just pulled him apart. It was the, the the gore in this movie is outstanding. If you haven't seen it, you have to take your time to watch this movie and to appreciate it because the gore is fantastic. But while we're sitting here talking about all this gore and um as impress- impressive as that is, I'm starting you, you brought a couple of things up uh, as far as the voice box goes in the throat um there's There's some ideas in this movie, and um stuff that didn't exist prior to it. and I feel like the next part we were gonna discuss is kind of uh the goals of the film uh did they accomplish in in what they set out to do? And I think it's fair to say that everything that was set out to to accomplish was accomplished. And some of the ideas in this movie really need to be appreciated as far as even something as similar as as you have the the voice box zombie where they're trying to get the zombie to talk, right? Or you have the serum that they they're trying to cure the zombies with, but then they add, then they give it to somebody who hasn't well, maybe not cure the zombies but you know try end the the zombie virus and they give it to somebody they give it to Can people I? who aren't yeah go ahead
1: i'm sorry i just gotta interrupt you because there's something that we haven't talked about i just gotta call out real quick dr molson and that fucking hat man i was i was just about I, to bring that fucking we're, hat we're up we were going the hat was
0: coming the, the hat was coming up right now <laughs> i'm glad that everybody was on the same page
3: Who didn't watch this movie and was like, I need to get this fucking hat. I'm (laughs) actively
1: looking to buy this hat. No, the best line in this whole movie was whenever he's asking if the serum is going to work and Molson says something along the lines of, I'd bet my reputation and my hat on it or something like
0: that. As, as he's dying, he, you know, he's, the hat's taken away from him and he's like complaining that the hat, the hat's being taken away. Meanwhile, zombies are ripping him to shreds.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I fucking laughed so hard at, the, at this fucking clown scientist. It's so but good. that being said, he was probably in the top tier
0: of scientists in zombie films too. Like, he didn't he had ever come off as he as evil, and he he managed to accomplish what he had set out to do, despite having the hiccup along the way of giving it to somebody who hasn't yet fully transformed. And then now now you've created what George Romero set out to do with Land of the Dead and his ultimate end game
3: for the zombies, and he did it
2: in 1989.
3: So. <laughs> And and there they, you go. Shoved, they shoved the satanic cult religious cult in here they have yeah, that, that. That's, like and every, that's every that was bring up next.
1: and you gotta love the fact that they named the guy reverend jones <laughs> which is a, a callback to jim jones uh, who fed everyone the kool-aid
3: whoa 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 it was flavor aid
1: it was flavor aid my mistake
3: Kool Aid got too much free advertising off that for the years.
1: <laughs> Can't afford
3: Kool Aid on a cult budget. <laughs> See, like, every <laughs> but every idea that they had was they put it in here, and also like they have these ideas and these stories, but they don't slow them down. It. Yeah, they they don't slow it down,
0: but also that's because they don't really take time to flesh everything out once it happens but it works if this movie was even 20 minutes longer or half an hour longer uh, it it might lose its charm to some people but i want like an extended director's cut that has everything like so the movie opens you see you see somebody you see a doctor and his daughter and you presumably you see, like they're dead after the, after the, the like the, the movie cuts to the future, and basically like you learn later on that the cult are the the ones who killed this doctor, and then he like they kidnapped the girl, and she was kind of raised to think that she was the cult leader's daughter, and you know, you in a 30-second sequence, she learns that and then is killed by zombies. But that's because she's also the she's part of the enemy, and she's about to attack one of the zombie squads. And she's refusing to listen to the facts that are presented to her in the ten seconds and the and the picture that was given to her. This is something that probably this is a storyline that didn't have to happen in this movie. And it, it's but it's not like a a, a movie stealing storyline either. It's just kind of there, and then it's there and it's just a callback to the the intro of the movie and then you move on from it the movie does not like stop at all for any of the zany things that they decide to throw into
3: it when when we get to the video dead sometime later this movie this movie ha- does a similar thing where there's like this they create this world and this like interesting ideas that make your imagination run wild but they but they never go too far in depth on it you kind of have to like you know think about it. it leaves you thinking about it when the movie ends of like what else is going on in this world like what like all that all that backstory that they kind of just you know skim right over i love that i love when a movie runs at a fast clip and leaves it to you to kind of like think about it after it's over it leaves it doesn't it doesn't pound you with a 3 hour movie where there's nothing left to think about you just don't want to ever think about it again like certain movies I've watched recently.
2: Not naming so so how do we rate this movie then? Lamp, I'm gonna start with you. How do you rate this movie? Uh I'm gonna give it a nine. I think nine's good. All right. I I like nine. Uh Professor Plump, where where do you stand here?
0: You're always you're always the person that I'm most interested about because uh although we have been friends for many many years um and we definitely share like a love of horror you also are quite a noir when it comes to film and you're just a film anything kind of guy so when we get into like the zanier side of things like i'm always curious what your opinion is going to be so have at it let me hear it
1: well it really depends on what your criteria for rating is. Because if you brought up Rotten Tomatoes earlier, and I actually was impressed that it had that high of a rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And if I was judging by the standards that the film community in general rates by, that's probably what I would give it. Though I would give it, you know, if you know, I like it. I'd give it a heart. I'd give it a star, whatever. But if you were going by what the filmmakers were intending to do and whether they accomplished those goals, then I would give this probably a nine, nine and a half. Because whenever you look at what they're trying to do, this is, I think, first and foremost, an homage to the films. That Book Walter and company love. This is an homage to Evil Dead. This is an homage to Dawn of the Dead, which you see references to littered throughout the movie. And to that end, it definitely achieved its goal. It it works. And not only is it just a cheap homage, and I say that lovingly, but it's really entertaining to watch because so many people can cobble together a, a cheap movie that's an homage to something they like and it's boring as hell to watch. That's not the case here. That was Absolutely. really long-winded.
0: That wasn't that wasn't long-winded. That's just a, that's a, a, a lovingly way to say that you you feel that the movie's good and that they accomplished their goals, which is fine because like I said, I have actually acted in a movie. Many years after this one, that one might say came from the same uh, regard to the films that came before it, and it is a dud snooze fest, three hour piece of shit. So,
3: uh, I wait. Long, that movie you were in was three hours long.
0: Pretty fucking long. It's we, almost Avengers long. I never we watched, watched it.
3: it at your house. With did with, we? Uh, yeah, we watched it at Andrew's house. <laughs> oh, that just tells you something. I I completely. We were, forgot it was, it was dreadful but- dreadful but you know
0: i did really well with what i was given i thought i was this the breakout performance
3: <laughs> but you got the academy drive-in award for that movie yes
0: nobody saw it because you're not gonna watch an hour and a half of this movie without shutting it off and i i don't i feel like i don't pop up until about two hours into that movie
3: <laughs> but mondo how do you rate All this right. movie so I've been made fun of, I don't know if it was on air on this podcast before of rating everything three stars and above. Like I don't give critical reviews on, I fuck around with that letterbox shit for everything I watch. And I went back to when I first watched this and I gave it four out of five stars. Now I find it impossible to be objective about certain things and I, rating movies is so hard on a scale of like, what do you rate it? Do you comparing everything to everything? or this to other zombie movies. Like, if I'm comparing this to, like, Gone with the Wind, or am I comparing this to, like, Zombie? So, on a zombie scale, I give this a 5 out of 5, or a 10 out of 10. But on a regular movie scale, I give this a 9 out of 10, or a 4 out of 5. <laughs> it it does, it's not, it's not a 10 out of 10 on a regular movie scale. And, uh, Just just because I I can't I can't really tell you. I just don't think it is. But on a zombie movie scale, it's a 10 out of 10. So 9 out of 10, I think, is pretty solid. Like if we're comparing this to um like a a Bergman film, this this is this is right. Fuck Bergman.
1: Bergman is the most overrated piece of shit that ever lived. (laughs) (coughs) I love it. I am so fucking sick of Bergman.
3: Uh, I just threw a name out there and it caused ire. I love it. We should. All right. We, should, we need to go into that on some other time.
0: We we will do that another day. Uh, do we have a minute with Mondo, or or was that the Mondo minute? No, I have a Mondo minute. All right, we're gonna I go ahead on and the
3: format sheet.
0: We're gonna let the we're gonna let the listeners
2: have a minute with Mondo. <coughs>
3: The dead next door makes you think about your older neighbors. We should check on them in these cold and tough times. What if they're dead? I wouldn't knock, but go ahead and peek. Sniff around. Mondo says if you smell something, say something.
2: That's the Mondo Minute.
0: (laughs) All right. And that was Zombie (laughs) Apocalypse. Who's counting? That was Zombie Apocalypse, everybody. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Patreon,
3: Stitch, Twitch,
0: all of the social
3: media
2: platforms.
3: Check the show notes, and every link will be in there, like every other fucking everybody does. You'll there. You can find us on fucking uh whatever whatever exists. We're gonna be on there. Friendster, you go to Friendster. We're there. MySpace, there's gonna be a fucking MySpace.
2: I was hard. I
3: was I was hard at work at the Parlor account,
0: but um i it's beyond my beyond my control <laughs> like share suck our dicks whatever thank you
2: and we will see you next week